Hello, and welcome to episode 50 of the East Anglian Theatre Podcast. Lord, what fools these mortals be. Yeah, you're still listening to this tripe 50 episodes in. Now, after this amount of time, I probably should have improved, but, well, let's be honest, I haven't. Now, for those of you tuning in for the first time, or for those with short-term memories, my name is Ray Tempester. I am the host, the head cheerleader for theatre in the East Anglian region. And if you've met me in person, that's an image you'll quickly want to expunge. For those who haven't listened before, the podcast is split into three parts. Section one is where I give you the lowdown and what I've been up to recently, theatre-wise, that is. No one's really interested in my conversations to renegotiate terms with my broadband provider. Most often my highlight is a trip to the theatre, but in the coming weeks these visits will be a little less frequent as the rehearsals for the production that I'm involved in ramp up a little bit more. But more on that another time. Section 2 is the part you really want to hear as someone makes a guest appearance where they have to put up with answering my inane questions alongside their efforts to plug their show. And if you can last the distance, Section 3 is where I pick a few upcoming shows and audition opportunities to highlight. That's all coming up, of course, but first, here's where I plug my website and social media accounts. The East Anglian Theatre Podcast has a Facebook, Instagram, X and TikTok account. I'm an attention horse, so please do like them, follow them, share them with your friends, family, colleagues and distant acquaintances. Mostly you'll find mentions of shows that are coming up, but I do occasionally throw in the odd review here and there. The podcast also has a website, eatpod.co.uk. That's E-A-T-Pod. UK. Here you'll find all episodes of the podcast, plus the reviews that I write, and a page to contact me about getting involved in the podcast should you wish, either as a guest or if you just want a shout out. Please do check it out. Right, now that's taken care of what I've been up to theatre-wise this week. Well, it's been such a small window of time since the last episode that not a lot has happened for me. I've had a couple of rehearsals for the production of Season's Greetings that I'm in next month. It's all coming on nicely and we're getting to grips with our characters and the blocking, of course, in the early stages. If you haven't come across the play before, it's a comedy by one of the old masters, Alan Akebourne. It's set at Christmas in the house of Belinda and Neville Bunker and takes place over three days of the festive period as they host friends and family and there's the usual family tensions but also some highly comedic shenanigans involving a mystery house guest. I'm playing Neville, who is very much a man of his time. It's set in the 80s and he's one of those blokes who would sooner sneak out for a pint than help out around the house and who lets his wife buy her own Christmas presents. He's not all bad though and he's great fun to play. The show is really good, silly entertainment with some hilarious scenes and you can catch it between the 16th and 18th of November at the Sheringham Little Theatre. Tickets for that are available via SheringhamLittleTheatre.com. I'm also watching a couple of shows this week, hopefully. I'll be seeing Echo Youth Theatre in action as they hit the Madder Market stage with their adaptation of Twelfth Night. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they've done with it. I'm also hoping to squeeze in enough time to watch the production that this week's guests are talking about. It's on in Widsbeach though, which is a bit of a schlep for me, but I'm hopeful I can fit it around my rehearsal schedule and work. Either way, keep an eye out for my social media posts and my website where I'm likely to share some reviews. Anyway, enough about me, what about you? Have you seen any shows lately that have left an impression? Do feel free to get in touch and let me know your thoughts. So on to section two, the interview. And this time I'd like to introduce a pair of creatives who were involved in a Cambridgeshire company's production of Carrie the Musical. 
Their names are Annie Larkin and Georgia Smith, and they are, to one degree or another, part of Nine Lives Theatre Company, whose latest production is very shortly due to open at the Secret Garden in Wisbeach. So, without further ado, let's have a chat with them, shall we? Georgia, it's lovely to speak with you both. Now, you're here to talk about Carrie the Musical, but before we discuss the show, could you tell us about the company that you're with, Nine Lives Theatre Company? Yeah, yeah. So um, Nine Lives is run by my mum. We're a family-run theatre school, and all of the teachers there have had professional training and have worked in the professional industry for a very long time. I mean, I'm 32 now, and I've been working professionally since I was about 17. And so of like both of my parents and everything. Yeah, so we basically, we're a company and a school. So we do lessons every week in all forms of performance and um, dance and everything. And put our students in for exams and stuff like that. And then we try to do musicals and plays throughout the year to give the students the experience of working in live theatre and doing like full on musicals and plays and train them through the process as well. And we we have great fun doing it, don't we? (laughs) So what are the age ranges you tend to teach? Yeah, so um, the company itself with the lessons goes all the way down to preschool preschool age, yeah, and all the way up to seniors, really. I think the oldest person in our company is in their 70s at the minute. So um, we we like to be really, really inclusive of all ages and, and everybody and all different backgrounds and whatever sort of lifestyle anyone's come from or anything always trying to be really really inclusive and allow anyone who wants to perform to have the chance and opportunity to perform we've had like a lot of um, our students have always said oh I've always wanted to perform but never really found the confidence or anywhere that would accept them and a lot of people later in life as well have sort of said oh I never got the chance to do this when I was younger so I want to give it a go Mm. so yeah it's great we're only in or I think we're only in our second year of doing musicals and plays at the minute so and we've been going great guns we did cats in easter and that had or well, that was all the way down to five years old and all the way up to 70 yeah. as well the cast was okay so it was great and everyone had a great time yeah it was it was brilliant <laughs> so uh, given you mentioned it's a family run thing there's little point in me asking you about how long you've been with the company annie but how about you georgia how, how long have you been with nine lives uh, so I've known Michelle who runs it. I She taught me when I was at college. So when I was college age, that's what I went and did. And that was just before Nine Lives, I think, was actually launched as a theatre company itself. I think just the yeah, year before. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Um, and then I came back to Nine Lives this time last year. So I've only actually been technically with them again for a year, but I've loved every minute. It's been absolutely brilliant. Okay. And moving on to present matters and Carrie, so for those that haven't come across the Stephen King book or indeed one of the Hollywood versions of the story, can you explain, without giving too much away, of course, what it's all about? So Carrie is very much a, it's a bit of a cautionary tale if you see it in the less kind of sci-fi-esque way that it is presented as well. So Carrie is bullied by her entire school class cohort to the point that she is a broken person but she doesn't have any solace at home either because her mum is incredibly religious and uh, uses that in a very abusive way so Carrie has got no one she's got nothing and then develops telekinetic powers so there is some it's kind of we've just we jokingly describe it as Matilda gone wrong 
because she's not got a good family unit and she doesn't have a Miss Honey. (laughs) Do you know, funny enough, I was explaining it to my partner who hasn't seen all red Carrie before and I compared her to Matilda but said she was a touch more psychotic. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But Mm. it is relevant and it is powerful and emotional and all these things as well. And a lot of people are kind of coming up to us and going, oh, I'm not sure it's, it's, it's a horror, isn't it? And we're kind of going, well, it is, but it's also not. Very emotional. It's very it? emotional. It's more, definitely more traumatizing than horror. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a genuine moral to the tale with this one. It isn't just horror for horror's sake. No, absolutely. Yeah. And though I haven't read the novel, I am familiar with the story via the 70s movie with Sissy Spacek. But I didn't actually know there was a musical version. So how does the stage version measure up, do you think? In all honesty, I prefer the musical to any previous versions of Carrie. I think it's incredibly true to the original source material of Stephen King's book, but it takes a lot of inspiration from the two film versions because there's obviously the 70s version and then there's the 2013 version as well. And so it takes from all versions of Carrie, I think. It's it's taken inspiration from everything and sort of merged everything together, together to give a really true rendition and a very current rendition of it. It's very cleverly done because it takes all of the best parts of both films and the book and then also gives it its own spin as well. So it is formatted in a way that is different to any of the other versions as well, um, in that it is very much like a circular narrative in the musical. But yeah, it takes all the different bits and pieces and then adds extra emotion because obviously it's got music in it. And that does to people a lot of different things that you can't convey through just screen or writing. So, yeah, it's very, very, very cleverly done. It does a very good job of making all the characters three-dimensional as well. Like I find that sometimes Margaret, um, Carrie's mother, can be portrayed as very two-dimensional, very just obsessed with her religion and obsessed with that and just abuses Carrie. And sometimes you can lose the fact that she actually does love Carrie. There are layers well. to the musical that and, are lost in the films, yeah. I think. Sometimes. And she has a she has an absolutely heartbreaking song, which I've completely spaced on the name of right when now. When there's no one. When there's no one, um, which is where she's... I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, <laughs> but she's she's struggling with a couple of things. And it's just when you get into the background of how the music is written there and what she's saying, and you start to sort of build a backstory for this character. It's so emotional and so moving, this one number with the music. And it's it's a small band as well, really. It's only about seven pieces. And this one song has gorgeous, just really piano and cello and just... It's, it is incredible. It's incredibly but, emotional. <laughs> the music in the show as a whole is very, very clever. Mm. Um, there's lots of different pieces that are used again and again, and they're manipulated and they're repeated for different reasons, for different emotions. And so you get to the end and you're going, I recognise this piece, but it sounds wrong. It sounds distorted. Mm. It's It does a brilliant job of portraying emotion through music as well. It's not yeah. just where you get a lot of, not a lot, but you get some musicals these days or n- newer musicals where the music in them is just kind of, it's there. It's your jukebox style. It just kind of helps move the story along. Whereas the music in Carrie, the music almost becomes its own character as well. It's yeah. so well written. It's very, 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 it's a good show. Very good show. Yeah. Hmm. Even without the performance. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> taking it away Carrie from... as a show is a yeah. very good musical. <laughs> well, it's quite the endorsement. Now, you're performing Carrie over the Halloween weekend, and presumably the choice of production was quite deliberate. But when it came to choosing a show, were there any other serious contenders for a production at this time of year? Well, you know, you you look through all the ones that are sort of, should I say, like a bit of a cult classic. We were sort of looking for something that had the sort of Halloween feel to it, had a bit of 
I think threat's the wrong word, but had had something a bit more like a deeper story or a bit edgy. Yeah, a bit edgy. Something that you know you can't really do with children at Easter for happy happy things <laughs> one of the more sort of emotional musicals so we, we did have a few look throughs of other musicals that were around but Carrie has been I know for myself and my partner who's and the musical director on this one has been a musical that we've wanted to do for a very long time it's been one of my favorites for quite a while and as you remember when we were deciding and we sat there and I was like so I would actually say it was probably one of our first contenders even though we sort of had a a little look at a couple of others but it was definitely at the forefront of our minds of we want to do this one I'm glad you did (laughs) and the story itself is very unsettling of course and it's being staged for Halloween so it stands to reason that it might be a bit scary but is there any sort of guidance as to what age range it might or might not be appropriate for um it does have a recommended age of 14 plus mm-hmm. I would say depending on obviously the teenager or the I don't like calling Young pre-teens yeah. a child but <laughs> depending on sort of what you feel you're comfortable I, I think it's only a recommended age so you could go a little bit lower with that depending on emotional maturity, emotional maturity yeah. and stuff because there are a lot of heavy themes within it uh, with the with the abuse and the bullying and stuff so it would be a parental choice because even some 14 year olds may not cope but yeah. there may be some younger preteens that do yeah. it's mm. it's very as it is because it's not it's not the scariest of musicals but no. there is quite a traumatizing moment towards the end and because we're performing this immersively because our venue really lends itself to immersive performance it could be quite unsettling for someone who doesn't watch a lot of horror if that makes mm. sense yes yeah so and then this is difficult without giving too much away. But what can audiences expect from the immersive elements of your production? And you mentioned also about the telekinesis. So have the production team got their work cut out with the special effects on this one? Oh, it's a very special effects heavy <laughs> show, I must say. We've um, we've got moving chairs um, and bits and bobs and and the doors and windows, yeah. and windows and stuff like that. Um, so we can say that the audience will be going to prom. Yeah. So I think that would be... So the the story centres around Carrie being invited to prom. Yeah. um, And most of the second act of the show is at prom, in which case the audience become invitees and kind of members of the year group at prom as well. We have the cast wandering around the audience just as if the audience are people sat at prom at their tables and stuff because we've got a sort of cabaret-style setting for it where it's nice tables and we're going to lay the tables out nicely. Um, so people will be wandering around and they will get to like vote for prom king and queen on the ballots and things like that. And um, yes, the very harrowing scene also happens <laughs> in the audience area as well as on stage. Yeah. As well as on stage. Um, so anyone who knows the story of Carrie should understand what I'm mm. saying there without spoiling it for people <laughs> who don't want the story spoiled for them. Yeah. And <laughs> I just realised I've been very, very slack. I haven't even asked you how you're both involved in this production. <laughs> um, so I am directing and choreographing the show. I'm also in it as the swing, basically, because with, with it being such a technical heavy show, we have to have cover for all the parts in case anything happens. And since COVID, we've known that, you know, having understudies and having someone ready to take on other roles and stuff is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of my role. I kind of, did a lot in that sense um 
it's going, it's going well. You're doing, you're doing an amazing job. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and Georgia is playing Carrie. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So, well, Georgia, how does it feel to be playing such an iconic character? Do you, do you feel any pressure at all? Oh, masses of pressure. Yeah, it's a really, really big one. I think it is the most technical show I've done in a long time that's vocally technical and physically technical and the set is technical. As we were talking about towards the end of the show, there is a lot that relies on me timing things right. There's a lot that relies on me going to the right people at the right time, knowing the order of a lot of different things, knowing how all of the tech works. So I'm kind of having to learn all of that as well. Not to mention your quick changes. Um, not to mention, I have the first five minutes of the show, I have three quick changes, which is not much fun, but we're getting there with those. It is massive pressure, but yeah, I've, I feel ready for it. I think we got to the, we're getting to the space now where it's going, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it. And Tony actually have just cued me. As we did Cats in Easter, the singing in that, I think, is, that was a lot of ensemble singing and those sorts of things, um, has kind of prepared a lot of us for... Mm the level of singing in Carrie, but it has taken a step up as well. Mm. But I was very lucky. I got to play Wednesday Adams last year with a different company. So I was kind of doing two spooky queens in a row, which is quite nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, ready for it. A lot of pressure, but looking forward to it. Yeah. She's doing a great job as well. So, <laughs> And we're now at the stage where we're just days away from the opening night. You know, you've not got weeks or months anymore. So how's it shaping up? Are you, are you desperate and ready for an audience? We're, we're getting there. I think we're not far off at this point. No, I think um, as recording, we're just under two weeks, aren't we? And yeah. I think we are at the right stage for where we are at the moment. Yeah. There's um, a lot of converting from rehearsal room to stage at the moment, um, mm-hmm. just getting on the stage, making sure the placements are correct. Because this choreography is quite different. It's not your normal musical theatre sort of choreography where everyone's doing a nice happy clappy dance it's very stylized it's very sort of jagged and raw in the way it is so placement and uh, formation is a huge part of it so making sure that everything's placed in the right place and looking at the technical side of things like with the 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 chairs moving and everything like that and you can omit this if you need to because I'm not sure if this is a spoiler but the blood drop yeah which anyone who knows Carrie knows that that's going to happen yeah Um, one at the moment that's a big technical undertaking for our marketing you've had two blood drops now yes. haven't you um she's she's doing very well with them <laughs> but yeah it's making sure that we keep everybody safe on the stage with that and um there's a lot of physical theater yeah, involved in this so that much isn't, i don't think people kind of realize when they think oh it's a musical yeah um but there is some it's not fighting, but there is some movement that is has to be controlled and has to be mm-hmm. right, those sorts of things in order to for it to no one to get hurt. So there is those elements as well, but we're just solidifying yeah. those now. So. Along with a lot of fake blood tests that we did yeah. to make sure we get the right consistency, <laughs> that it drops correctly. That, that I don't get stained. Yeah, yeah, that the dress is still okay. And just stepping away from Carrie for a moment and on to your own histories in the theatre. And how did you both get involved in theatre? And obviously, I can probably guess for you, Annie, that it sounds like you had little choice. But um... (laughs) It, it has been an entire life thing for me. I started dance classes when I was three years old. And obviously, my my mum has always been really into theatre. And my dad is um, his actual job title is a multi-instrumentalist comedian. (laughs) So um, he works. Yeah, (laughs) he works professionally, um, running around playing the banjo and all sorts of other kind of instruments and um, comedy gigs all all over the country, really. 
um, as well as both of them working in function bands and cabaret. And my mum's been a professional director all my life. So I think I first went on stage other than dance shows at about the age of seven and then sort of just went from there and just realized that I had an absolute love for it. And that was, that was my life. And then was lucky enough to be able to go and train at a great drama school back in my early twenties. And just, I really love being able to impart everything that I've learned to the the, the students that we have now and um, being able to give them an insight into the industry as well and give them advice that they can use is great. But yeah, so performing has been forever for me and hopefully will always be nothing really. <laughs> uh, mine's almost the complete opposite. I was quite late into theatre as people go because my family are not that at all. So my family like to go and do run marathons and ultra marathons and all these things. And my brother plays football and whatever. So I got into theatre a bit later. I was 11 and it was by chance that one of my friends was like, do you want to come to this panto reading with me? I don't want to go by myself. <laughs> so I went with her. And so I did a panto and then I did another panto the next year and it kind of built and built until I got to the end of my GCSEs and went, I don't really want to go and do A-levels. So I'm going to go and do a level three in performing arts, which is what I did. And it's kind of just done gone from there I've done I've been very lucky with the roles I've been able to get in amateur theatre and I'm hoping in the next couple of years to progress more into the professional side of things so yeah it's mine's been a bit of a different journey but definitely worth it and this one's always a difficult question but of the productions that you've been involved in do you have any particular highlights (laughs) (laughs) um Cats was definitely a highlight because I'd never done anything like it. We did Cats in two months. It was an absolute whirlwind and it was incredible because it just happened. And there we all were dressed as cats. And now you look back on it going, what were we doing? But like, it was absolutely incredible. We had the best time, but when you sort of look back at it, you sort of go, well, that was a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah, it kind of makes (laughs) your brain go a bit, how did we do that? So that was definitely a highlight. We did it in two months as well because we were very late sorting that one out. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we pulled no, it No, it was like a cast of like 35 people. Like it was... 16-piece orchestra. It yes. Was... That was definitely a highlight. I mean, Carrie, I've said to several people in my family, I've like, this is going to be the best thing I've ever been in. Please come and watch. I am very, very proud of everyone involved with Carrie. I think that's going to be incredible. We have um, a wonderful team of just yeah. hard workers. Every single person loves it so much and has put so much effort and so much love into it. Yeah. But other than that, no, I say I've been very lucky with amateur roles. I've done some Shakespeare. I've done Sound of Music. I've done Little Shop. I've done lots of things. So it's all been, I've all been very, very grateful. But the, the we performed in the Guildhall in Kings Lynn when we did Twelfth Night. And that was a bit special because obviously there's all of the, like, the documents and things that suggest that Shakespeare actually performed in there as well. So that was very nice. That was a bit of a, that was a bit of a highlight. Wasn't it the Guildhall where they've uncovered those floorboards that Shakespeare and his company performed on? Yeah, yeah. So to be able to perform Shakespeare, Mm. like Viola in Twelfth Night on that stage was very, it was a bit of like a cathartic experience where you kind of go, oh, this feels more than what we're doing. It felt big. It was really Mm. nice. I'm pretty jealous of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, the performance is just a matter of days away now. And it'll obviously certainly be very close by the time this episode goes out. But just looking ahead, do do you know what's coming next for you both theatre wise? Um, So Christmas, Christmas is next. We as as a company, um, we also as well as the theatre school side of things, we also put on professional productions and touring productions. And Christmas, at the same venue that we're performing Carrie at, we do an immersive Christmas show, which is kind of like a panto, but set Set in the the North North Pole. Pole. 
So it's something a little bit different and all the kids really love it. So we have Santa and the elves and then we have Gladys, which is a Mrs. Overall. Yeah, Yeah. Santa's sister. And she's a Mrs. Overall style elf who's very, very old, messes things up. She's she's your your comedy part, really. And she's hilarious. She's she's always, always cracking us up in rehearsals. So that's that's next. And we're both in that one. And then Little Mermaid. And then we're doing The Little Mermaid next Easter also at the Secret Garden as well. And that will also be immersive. Um, my mum, who runs the company and directs everything alongside myself and my partner, who's musical director, she she loves immersive theatre. So, and um, our venue is very, very different. It lends itself to it. It lends yeah. itself to immersive because it's not, it's not your normal venue, should I say. No. But lovely, very lovely. <laughs> and finally, you've let us know where the production is being staged at the Secret Garden in Wisbeach. But can you tell us when it's on and how we can get tickets? Yeah, so um, it's on from the 26th, just making sure I get that right, (laughs) the 26th of October to the 28th of October. They're at 7.30 each night. I did get that correct. Good. And you can purchase tickets online on Ticket Source. You can find the links on our Facebook or the Entertainment Bookings, um, who books the entertainment for The Secret Garden, their Facebook page as well. It's ticketsource.co.uk forward slash secret garden and you can find all the tickets and information there yeah brilliant well good luck with the rest of the rehearsals and the performances themselves of course yeah thank Thank you so there we have it that was the dynamic duo of annie and georgia from nine lives theater company If you want to catch them in action, and I really do, head along to the Secret Garden in Wisbeach this week. It's on from the 26th to the 28th of October, and you can find tickets on Ticket Source. I used the search terms Carrie and Wisbeach, and it came up, so I'd recommend doing the same. Now, what else is coming up in the region over the next few weeks? Well, staying in Cambridgeshire, and the St John's players will be performing the Agatha Christie favourite, and then there were none. It's on at the Fullbourne Centre in Home End, just outside of Cambridge, from the 25th to the 28th of October. Visit Ticket Source for that one too, and look for St John's Players, or call the box office on 01223 210737. Still in Cambridge, and I've mentioned it before, but it's worth chucking in again, you can catch Lucy Kirkwood's magnificent play, The Welkin, at the ADC Theatre between the 24th and 28th of October. I'm not going to tell you about the play, as I've talked about it enough on previous episodes, but for this production, visit adctheatre.com. Over in Suffolk, Woolpit Drama Club presents Entertaining Angels. The play is by Richard Everett. It involves sharp-tongued Grace, who is mourning her late husband, a vicar, when her sister Ruth turns up after a 30-year absence. There are ghosts to be laid to rest, and one of them is ambling around the vicarage gardens. You can catch Entertaining Angels at Woolpit Village Hall between the 16th and 18th of November. And back in Norfolk, the Kings Lynn players are delighted to present The Wizard of Oz. It's the musical version which features the wonderful MGM film score, and it's on at the Guildhall of St George in Kings Lynn between the 8th and the 11th of November. For tickets, visit kingslynncornexchange.co.uk. And that, folks, is all I have time for. As usual, I'll post links for all the shows mentioned, as well as some others that I haven't had time to feature on my social media pages. Thanks so much for listening to me, Annie and Georgia ramble on, and tune in next time for what will no doubt be a wonderful experience as I irritate some new people. Until then, take care of yourselves, and go watch some theatre. Bye. (laughs) 